Four and a week for Kennesaw State men's and women's basketball and some big games on tap this week. We will preview the battle for first place in the men's side between Liberty and Kennesaw State. It's all coming up on this jam-packed episode of Inside the Nest. Full crew with us today, Spencer Rogers from the KSU men's team at Allen Network intern, fellow intern and broadcaster Bryce Gobert, KSU alumnus, broadcaster, A-Sun, double agent Jordan Griffith, and the coach, first-year broadcaster Brandon Johnson. Hey, this was a fun week to be a fan of Kennesaw State. The women came back. They were healthy. They picked up some home dubs on pink day, had to come from behind win. And the men tried to give us a heart attack again, won it at the buzzer at Jacksonville State, and erased a double-digit deficit at home on Saturday to prevail twice in one-possession ball games against the Gamecocks. Whew. Fun one there. How was each team able to get it done this week, y'all? I think you got to look at for the men's side. I mean, y'all talk about him on the broadcast all the time. Terrell Burden. I mean, what a game he had versus Jacksonville State. Started off a little bit slow, uh, but down the stretch, I mean, he turned it up. And that in that second half, and I'd say probably the last 15 minutes of that ball game, Terrell Burden was an absolute stud. Uh, and on the women's side, I mean, Amani Johnson having a massive weekend, 27 points. Probably her biggest and best game on the year, 8 of 13 from field goal range, 3 of 6 beyond the arc. I mean, Amani Johnson was a force to be reckoned with. Her and Terrell Burden both played absolutely stellar games for both their respective teams. Yeah, guys, for the women's, I mean, you hit on Amani Johnson a little bit there, Bryce. But what impressed me most is that they face, in my opinion, the two best players in the conference, Antoinette Walker and Gracie Markle. Antoinette Walker only scored 13 points. She had to take 13, 13 shots to get there. And for Gracie Merkel, 25 minutes, nine points. She fouled out late in that game. And you score two wins, snapping that four-game skid. I mean, coming back and be able to reinstall the confidence in this team and shutting down 1A and 1B for probably player of the year in the entire conference. I mean, that is not easy. And for the Jacksonville State games, able to bottle the emotion and put it onto the court. I mean, I saw... Um, I saw one of the best dunks of the year from guy on this call. I mean, I mean, getting the hops out there. I can't believe it. You saw so much energy and what could possibly be the last time that these teams face Jacksonville state. Who knows if they're going to make the tournament. They're right there on the edge. And one of the biggest rivals in Kennesaw state history. And you saw it on the court Two incredible games. And those teams always play each other close Jacksonville state. They're playing incredible basketball right now. So I'm not surprised by either of those outcomes. Uh, yeah, JJ, you made some some great points. Um, coming into the week, we were talking about the matchup between Josh A. Whitfield and Antoinette Walker. And uh, Josh A., she had a great game. She had 17 points, uh, six rebounds, four assists. Uh, she really did it all against EKU. And like you said, held Walker to 13 points on 13 shots. So I think that was a, um, I think that was great uh, to help him get that win. And then for the men's, uh, I want to highlight uh, Alex Peterson. I um, mean, he just does everything. He does the dirty work. He did a yeah, I think he had four for four. He had 10 points, and he was just a huge boost of energy for us in that game at home against Jacksonville State. Yeah, everybody's making valid points. Uh, for the women, I would say um, you guys hit up on, you know, Monty Johnson scoring 27 points. But, you, you know, one game she had six points, but it just shows her versatility. When she had six points, she actually dished out that game nine assists, you know. 
So she's, you know, she's just doing it. Um, and then you have um, uh, Princess, Princess Harden, Princess Harden for both games. I think, uh, let's see, for the, the, um, the, Bell- the Bellarmine game, she ends up with nine rebounds. And for the Jacksonville game, she had a total of 10, 10 rebounds. So that was good on, on, on her end right there for our women. Now, for the guys, um, what you're seeing is just superb team play. I, I kept saying during the broadcast with Jacksonville State, it was like a chess match. Both coaches were going back and forth, letting their guards just try to penetrate and go with their strength. But what you saw is we saw, you know, Jacksonville State have some leading scores, you know, shoot the ball really well. But you saw a balanced attack from the Owls. You know, again, they're just averaging 15 assists a game. That means everybody's getting a piece of the pie. It's just not one or two guys scoring like it was with Skylar Potter, you know, hitting up, you know, 28 points, but it's everybody getting involved. So you're seeing a great team effort from the, um, the Isle men's basketball. So I saw this video on Twitter. Apparently Al network had a reporter in the men's basketball locker room asked you about that dunk Spence. <laughs> What'd you say? So it was just another dunk. They don't see me dunk that often, but I try to tell them back in the day when I was younger, I used to dunk all the time. So uh, it was good for them to see that. So um, what changed? You just started to move out and shoot the three instead? Uh, Yeah, just my legs, they just started getting more tired. So I just had to shoot the threes. It was easier. That, it's Coach Johnson, bigger. I know that's what happens. You get old. <laughs> <laughs> now, Spence shows some hops, man. Hey, you came yes, down there like, mm, I'm just throwing it down. I like that, man. Yes, yes sir. Yeah, feel, feels like the resurgence of Blake Griffin. Right. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> so, 4-0 week for Kennesaw State. Men's and women's basketball. The women defeat EKU and Bellarmine. The men sweep Jacksonville State. Coming up next, we're going to preview what may be the biggest week in Kennesaw State basketball in a long, long time. The men are at home Thursday night, 7 p.m. against Liberty, a battle of two first place teams, 12 and two in the conference. And then they are home Saturday. Can't forget that game against Queens. If there's such thing as a trap game, I think that's one that's circled on the calendar. And then the women hit the road, having won two in a row now, taking on Jacksonville and then UNF this weekend. The Dolphins, seven o'clock Thursday, the Ospreys, two o'clock on Saturday. We're going to preview all of that coming up next on Inside the Nest. With Fifth Third Momentum Banking, we're making banking a fifth third better. Cappuccino for Dave. Yep. Oh, I overdrafted? Now this coffee is $43. That's steep, even for us. With Fifth Third Momentum Banking, we've got your back, which is why we give you extra time to avoid an overdraft. That's way better. This is banking, a fifth third better. Fifth Third Extra Time gives you longer. Any time before midnight ET on the business day after your account is overdrawn to make a deposit that brings your available balance to at least $0. Visit 53.com for additional details. Fifth Third Bank, NA member FDIC. This is Bethany Bruton with another segment of Around the ASUN Men's Basketball. Eastern Kentucky and Liberty played this past week, and Eastern Kentucky lost 73 to Liberty's 83. The first half, the score was 32 to 35 with Liberty leading. However, after Liberty heads into the second half, they maintain that lead. Overall, the game did have 12 ties and 12 lead changes. It was a pretty tight game for some of it, but Liberty ultimately took the head and ran with it. 
They will play Kennesaw State this Thursday, February 16th at 7 p.m., and Eastern Kentucky will play Central Arkansas at 7.30 that same night. North Florida beat Stetson 92-81. Stetson is currently ranked fourth in the men's basketball conference standing. North Florida is currently 11-15, and they are sitting at the middle of the Pac-4 conference standings. North Florida will play Lipscomb at 7 p.m. on Thursday, February 16th, and then FGCU will play Stetson at 7 on February 15th, and then again on Saturday, the 18th at 6 p.m. This has been Bethany with Around the A-Sun. We'll see you next week. Appreciate the look around the A-Sun Conference from Bethany Bruton. Welcome back to ITN. Spencer, Bryce, Coach Jay, Jordan with us. If you haven't already, tickets are going fast. I mean fast. We are expecting capacity crowd Thursday, 7 p.m. Men's basketball against the Liberty Flames. Two first place teams going at it. Only one will come out on top of the A-Sun standings. KSUowls.com. Secure your tickets. Well, let's jump into this matchup. Everybody's talking about it. Spencer, I know as a player, y'all are focused on the next game. As fans, we have been focused on... The next game and this game, the Liberty game, it's been the talk of the league. Heck, the Liberty broadcast on Saturday was starting to preview this game and their EKU matchup. But it's the Owls and the Flames meeting again. Liberty has defeated Kennesaw State every time they've met. 9-0. All in favor of the Flames. Last year, these teams played here in Kennesaw. They played in Lynchburg. Last year is last year. Owls came down. They suffered a heartbreaker in Lynchburg in the regular season finale. Darius McGee went off for 47 points. This year, an improved team for Kennesaw State. Still a top team in Liberty. They were preseason favorites in the ace on their living up to expectations. I pose this question out to the group. What will it take for a Kennesaw State victory Thursday night, 7 p.m. KSU Convocation Center? From a player's perspective, um, I know we play Thursday. It's a, it's a big game that people are hyped up for. But in order for to win that game Thursday, we got to have a great practice today, a great practice tomorrow. Um, our success on Thursday is very dependent on how we perform these next two days in practice and how locked in we are. And we got to clean up some things so we'll make sure that we're ready for this game on Thursday. Yeah, going along with that, I mean, practice is going to be massive this week. But I think something else, and if you look at this Liberty game, or excuse me, the uh, the game versus Jacksonville State on Saturday, and you take a look at points off turnovers, you guys and the men's basketball team held Jacksonville to only three points off turnovers while y'all, the men's basketball team, had 24. So if they can continue to force a lot of turnovers and force this Liberty team into mistakes that were not that's not characteristic of Liberty, I think that the Owls are going to see a lot of success, especially if they can feed down low and get Darius McGee in foul trouble early. Guys, there are so many different storylines that we could follow with this game. Really, what I'm looking at is who can play the prettiest, ugly game. And when you're talking about two scoring defenses that are among the best in the nation, Liberty only allows 59 points per game, guys. That's six in the NCAA. But Kennesaw State... As Spencer knows, you guys got some defenders like yourself out there as well. So who's going to be able to play the prettiest, ugly game? Who's going to have the least amount of turnovers, like Bryce mentioned? Who's going to make the least amount of mistakes, whether it be in passing lanes, little things? That's what's going to be the difference that separates these two teams. And guys, scouting, Liberty, what you want to do 
take the ball out of, I know we're going to talk about Darius McGee, right? One of the best scorers, one of the best players in the nation. Kyle Rode, 6'7 forward with 103 assists this year. Second on the team. He's one of their primary playmakers out of the post. He can operate from the perimeter. This is a guy that can do it all, stretch the floor. He shot over 135 threes. Darius McGee is going to do what he does. That That's just a fact. He's one of those guys that can do that game in and game out. But then a guy like Kyle Rode, where he can beat you not only from the three ball, but also creating for others as a forward, that's dangerous. So if they can limit the touches that Kyle Rode gets and play the prettier, uglier game, that's what I think Kennesaw State can do to get the win. Yeah, you guys are all saying great things, which is true. I'm going to go back to uh, Hall of Famer Dean Smith, and we always hear these three things. Say- these three words or these three sayings, it's called play hard, play smart, and play together. Both of these teams are well-coached, they're well-balanced. They know their strengths. They know their weakness. Again, they're at the top of the uh, top of the A-sun. So whoever's going to come in here and do those three things, play the hardest, play the smartest. That means limiting turnovers. And as Coach Amir Abdul always says, you know, stay true to your principles. You know, that's playing smart. And then just playing together as a team. So look for those three things. Jordan, since you're over at the ASUN offices right now, I know your colleague William Hall has been feeling the heat in his weekly power rankings from Liberty fans. So does he have something in store here if the Owls come out with a victory Thursday? Um, I'm not exactly sure if we have anything in the chamber post game, but we are shortly after this recording our podcast to get reamed again by Liberty fans online and myself as well online the past few weeks for not put you know he didn't put them number one in his power ranking so uh that did not go well so this, this game's gonna decide hey william hall's number one spot in the power ranking so you know there's a lot <laughs> with the a sun too thursday 7 p.m get your tickets right now don't try to walk up for this one i mean we can take you on the walk up but you want to make sure you have your seat where you want to sit secured ksuwowls.com slash tickets let's flip it over to the women's side Jacksonville and UNF this week. Same question. What will it take for the Owls to emerge with a victory? Yeah, guys, I'll go ahead and lead off with this one as well. Um, Looking at the women's coming off again, two impressive wins, stopping the two best players in the conference. Now going on the road at Jacksonville and North Florida, doubling up in Jacksonville, Florida. JU is a team that was bleeding coming into the game, but then they beat Austin P, one of the best teams in the conference. So this is a team that also is kind of looking to get their groove back and their confidence back just like Kennesaw State was just a few games ago. But guys, I think the one player I'm looking at is Princess Harden. Six rebounds in the first quarter of that last game. We mentioned some stats earlier from Coach Jay. I mean, this is an energizer for this team. And when she's playing her best ball, she makes it, I mentioned ugliness in the last game. She makes it ugly for the other team in so many different ways. I mean, an absolute pest in the backcourt denying the inbounds, denying when they can put pressure on the other team. Because now they have the full squad. They have the full roster back. They're back. They're healthy. They're in shape. Expect a lot of pressure and a lot of steals from this team. Yeah, Jordan, those are some great points. Uh, I want to focus on two other things, though. Free throws and bench points. If you look at the game versus EKU last Thursday, the Owl shot 71.4% from the free throw line and had 29 bench points compared to EKU's 13. And if you look at the game on Saturday versus Bellarmine, Bellarmine actually had more bench points than the Owls, 22 to 18. However, the Owls shot 80% from the charity stripe, something that Coach Blue has harped on these past couple months 
um, and especially heading into conference play was free throw shooting. So to see this improvement, free throws are going to be crucial down the stretch, I feel like, in these games. And it, it could come down to a point where if you're missing some free throws, it, it may cost you the game. So it's it's good to see that the women are cleaning up uh, some of the stuff that they've been wanting to work on through the start of conference play. And I think free throws and using the depth they have on their bench to work in their success will be their keys to victory this week. Oh uh, yeah. You both made some great points uh, with the women's basketball team. We've been talking a lot about getting stops. Uh, the last two teams they played, they had just one main primary score. Um, but this week's a little different because Jacksonville has four players that average double figures. So this week they got to make sure that they play connected team defense and, um, you know, just focus on their principles and make sure that they stop the entire team this week. Yeah, we're all hitting on point, you know, and one of the things that uh, I, I look at the girls doing or the females doing is really valuing the ball, you know, value, valuing each possession. That means, hey, you know, limit those turnovers. You know, right now they're coming in, you know, the season right now for conference averaging about 14, you know, turnovers per game. And going up against North Florida, that's they're averaging 16 as well as uh, JU is 14. So if if the women can just bring down those assists, I mean those turnovers, at least one or two, that will help them per possession. And then as well, I know these guys can really score. You got some great athletes out there, like I said, with Johnson and and uh, Whitfield and all those guys. But I'd love to see them really increase that three-point field goal percentage. It's a little low right now, just a little bit up under 30 percent. But they're going to have that game because right now they got the momentum coming off these two wins right now. Hey, they're 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 right there and they can just get that over the hump over 30 percent of shooting three point field goals. That'll help them, uh, you know, solidify this weekend with some wins. Thursday, seven o'clock, the men host Liberty. It is a gold rush where your KSU gold. It is also diversity and inclusion night being celebrated in the KSU Convocation Center. Saturday, 2 p.m. at home against Queens. It's senior day. Spencer will be one of a couple owls honored pregame. Coach Jay, I know this isn't going to be Spence's last game inside the Convocation Center. We got some postseason action coming up later this month and in March. But any words of advice for Spencer going out for a senior day? Hey, senior day, Spence, just do what you do, man. You know, you're a great player. I've been enjoying watching you just come into your fold and just do what you do. Um, again, I used to talk about earlier how you started off a little slow this year, early in the year with shooting, but then you came about. I wasn't here last year and the years before where you were here doing your thing. But senior day, just have fun, be the leader that you are, and know that, hey, you still got some more games to be played up in here and make some things happen. Yes, sir. Thank you. Jordan, you going to bring the tissues for Bryce? Yeah, he's going to be a mess, man. No, it's I don't, I, I'm not going to be able to handle it. No, he's going to cry all over the all over the graphics board and it's going to shorten out and all that. We look forward to honoring Spencer and Alex Peterson before the game on Saturday, two o'clock at home, Thursday, 7 p.m. The women on the road, the River City matchup, Jacksonville and then UNF seven on Thursday night for the ladies at historic Swisher Gym, 2 p.m. Saturday at UNF Serena. We'll take another look around the A-Sun with Katie Kleinpeter. Come back. And then we're going to talk about the best environment we've ever been in for a hoops game. And then Spencer Rogers has our fact or fiction all coming up. Stick with us on ITN. Wellstar Health System helps Kennesaw State Owls stay in the game, no matter what your health goals or concerns are. Find our convenient health centers on campus. Our providers will get to know your needs and help you stay feeling your best. When you go off campus, 
Wellstar is there for you too. With hospitals, urgent care centers, and medical offices nearby to keep you well. Visit wellstar.org to learn more. Another week has come and another week has gone, and that means that ASA women's basketball has been underway. This past Saturday was one for the books. Central Arkansas, Eastern Kentucky, FGCU, Jacksonville, Kennesaw State, Liberty, and Lipscomb all survived and earned another tally in the win column as the ASA standings continue to tighten. As always, there were a few women who stood out amongst the rest. This week, Shakarter from FGCU had 12 points, was 6 of 11. She had 10 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 steals. Amani Johnson from Kennesaw State had 27 points, the most on her team. She was 8 of 13. She had 4 assists and 3 rebounds. Shania Jackson from Jacksonville had 22 points, 3 rebounds, 3 steals, and 2 blocks. And lastly, Maya Berkman from Liberty had 20 points and 14 rebounds. This upcoming week is some more challenging games. There is one game on Monday at 3 p.m. That will be North Alabama versus Central Arkansas. The rest of the games will be on Thursday, February 16th. Bellarmine will play Central Arkansas. Eastern Kentucky plays North Alabama. Jacksonville takes on Kennesaw State. Stetson plays Austin P. FGCU plays Lipscomb. Queens takes on Liberty, and North Florida will play Jacksonville State. Make sure to tune in as the standings are getting narrow and narrow as the season comes to a close. This has been Katie Kleinpeter, and I'll see you guys next week. And we're back on Inside the Nest. Thank you, Katie, for that update on the A-Sun. Coach Jay, Bryce, Jordan, and Spencer here with me, Nolan Alexander. So we're expecting a fun and lively environment. Thursday night, 7 p.m., Convocation Center, Kennesaw State against Liberty, KSUOwls.com. Slash tickets. My question to go around the room, what is the best game environment you have ever been in for the great sport of basketball? This is This is a tough one for me. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was not the biggest basketball fan growing up. I didn't really follow it too much. So I never had really too much, uh, fun experiences. This is going to be a little cheesy, but I think Saturday versus Jacksonville state, even though I was up in the control room, the energy and the convo was absolutely rocking. I mean, it was one of those things where you got chills, every bucket, the crowd erupted. I mean, it was just one of those high octane intense games and there was really nothing that I've ever experienced like it. So even though it's cheesy, I gotta, I gotta say Saturday. I will also uh, take a little credit for that as the first time I've ever actually had the chance to go to a Kennesaw state game as a fan, I actually stayed there and watched the game, be a part of the crowd. And that was, that was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I'll kick it to coach. I feel like he's got a good one. <laughs> uh, you know, I could really go with two. I could go with a high school version. Um, but I'll, I'll go with UTSA, UTSA uh, 2004 championship game, uh, conference tournament championship game against uh, Stephen F. Austin. Uh, we win the conference championship and we go on to play uh, in the NC2A tournament out in Seattle versus Stanford and Josh Childers. But that fan base there in San Antonio, we had a sold out crowd. It was just uh, just to see the players, you know, just to bass in the glory. It was just um you know, uh, a moment I'll never forget. Uh, well, yeah, for me, I mean, I've, I've been fortunate to play in a lot of great environments, a lot of big time games. But um, for me, I'm going to say it's actually pretty recently Assembly Hall in Indiana. I mean, you're in a state that loves basketball, historical gym, historical program. It's just a great experience to, you know, be out there on the court and uh, competing against Indiana and just being in that environment. It was so loud. We couldn't hear the plays at times, but it was a great experience. 
for me, I'm going to go with two here because they're two different kinds of environments. For me, they're both, well, they're both the same team. Wichita State in the roundhouse in Charles Koch Arena. I mean, I, I, when it's rocking, I, I truly mean it is one of the best environments in all of college athletics. I, I mean, it's one of those small, compact domes that almost, if Wichita State's good, which is not the case anymore. But if it, it, it sold out, I mean, it is unbelievably loud in there. Um, and facing the number one rival, UNI, Northern Iowa, in the Missouri Valley, in the Missouri Valley Conference. And that was, we had season tickets all the time, went to games left and right. I mean, it was unbelievable environment. I've never, never been in anything like that, including any other sports. And then another interesting one was actually went, traveled to St. Louis to go to the Missouri Valley Conference tournament that they ended up winning and kind of seeing at a neutral site, you know, being there for a few days, seeing all of the other fan bases and then seeing them slowly dwindle out as Wichita State fans took over the arena. Um, those were the two coolest environments I could think of. Hey, may I come back on one, guys? I've got to say this. This, this was um, women's basketball. Nell Fortner was the head coach at, at Auburn University, and she had a player by the name of Dewana Bonner. And they played Tennessee. Tennessee Volunteers with Pat Summit came in to play those guys. And it was a sold-out crowd, more students and fans than any game in the history of an Auburn basketball game, both men and women. So to see the, the women upset uh, Tennessee, that was 2008, 2009 season uh, down on the plains at Auburn. That was the best environment I've been in as far as college basketball. Wasn't expecting the first answer from Coach Jay. I was thinking maybe it was something about his time in Auburn just from a large arena. I like that. Bryce, I'm glad you didn't say something from your high school when you said you didn't like basketball. I was like, I'm glad we got a college basketball answer in there. Jordan, I thought you were going to say Kansas since you're such a huge Jayhawks fan out there. Uh, <laughs> that's gross. That's gross. That's nice. And Spencer, I love that y'all got to go to Indiana this year. I, I knew that was going to be a great experience for this team something you're always going to remember. And I'm glad you're able to get in and out of there with the bad weather that we had going on around that time. It's afraid we're going to be stuck up there in Bloomington. My answer real quick before we get ready for the scoreboard round is uh, the 2010 National Championship game, Duke first Butler at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Gordon Hayward, if it doesn't go backboard, front rim, and fall out, we don't go home that night. Like, we were not going to make it back to the hotel. And that's not because things were like going to be crazy partying and everything. That city would have exploded. There would have been too much foot traffic for us to escape the stadium. It was that intense. So I'm always going to remember that. Appreciate you guys sharing. And maybe we'll have a new answer come next week for Inside the Nest. We need your support. Thursday night, a gold out, diversity and inclusion night, battle of first place, Kennesaw State for Liberty. Get your tickets. If you're a student, present your talent card. Get there early. Make some noise. When Liberty's at the free throw line, don't look at your phone. Put your phone up. Go crazy. Make some noise. When the owls are at the line, turn to the person next to you. Shush them. Keep their lips shut. All right. That's how it's going to work Thursday night. Coming up next, Spencer Rogers with Factor Fiction on Inside the Nest. Okay, Coach Johnson is off Factor Fiction forever with those shenanigans that he pulled last week. We are turning it over to Mr. Rogers. Hit us with some Factor Fiction. All right. Like you said, I'm not gonna it's not gonna be as complex as coach was, but um it's all-star weekend coming up, so I got some all-star related factor fiction. 
First statement, LeBron is the youngest All-Star in NBA history at 20 years old. And also, the first NBA All-Star game was in Boston in 1951. What you got? There is a lot of young stars in the NBA. There is a lot of young stars. I, my gut, not to jump ahead of you, Bryce, my gut is that, I mean, guys used to come out of high school earlier than that. You said, you said 20 for LeBron at the yep. age? I have to believe, I have to believe like Tracy McGrady, Kevin Garnett, you know, coming out at 18, got that first. So I'm going to go, I'm going to say Kevin Garnett probably got the youngest one ever. And so I will go with the second one is true. I'll jump in. I can't remember um, at what age Kobe made the All-Star game. But, uh, and I do think Kevin Garnett, like you said, he was younger. But, um, yeah, you said LeBron at 20? LeBron at 20. I think there was, uh, I'm even looking at Luka. Uh, I think that first one is false about LeBron. And I'm going to go with the first All-Star game in Boston in 1951. That's true. Fact. Okay. I'll take the other side. I think we're all thinking it's all, it's seeming too obvious. And Spencer's really pulling a fast one on us that it wasn't in Boston. It was 51 in New York or somewhere else, Chicago, St. Louis, Minnesota, something like that. And, or it was just a different year. So I think Spencer's played with his city or the year and we're overthinking the first part. So first one, True, second one, false for me. I'm very glad I went last with the beginner knowledge I have of the NBA. So I appreciate y'all stepping in. Um, Nolan makes a very valid point. But at the same time, can I go against Coach Jay's knowledge? It's it's one of those things where I got to pick a side here. Uh, LeBron, man, he's 20s young, but. Oh, I don't know. I'm just going to go gut. I'm going to say I'm going to go with Nolan. I got it. Nolan and I rode together last time and it went and worked out in my favor. But I I, I like I think Spencer is toying with the uh, the city or the year in there. I'm also thinking Spencer might have toyed with LeBron's age because he comes out at 18. I I don't think he would have made it at 20. He probably would have made it 18 or 19. That's that's my guess. I'm so I'm I'm sticking with it. So okay, Spencer, we, Spencer, we got to know. <laughs> Tell us the answer. All right, so I know it's a lot of numbers. I know 1951, I could easily just switch it up. But uh, Nolan, Bryce, I hate to break it to you, but y'all are wrong. The fact is, Kobe was the youngest All-Star in NBA history at 19. So, Coach Johnson, you got that right. And the first NBA All-Star was, in fact, in Boston in 1951. Yo, I got on the board, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> hey, hey, man, I, I might be on this, you know, every once in a while on this podcast, but man, every time I come back, I make a difference on the scoreboard. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> you got a point there, JG. <laughs> All right, we got to make sure Jordan doesn't win it. So, Jordan, you get the question next week, okay? Ooh, sounds good. Hey, that's that's fine. It's my turn. No, it's, no, it's back to your turn. It's, 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 it's his baby. Seriousness. It's his baby. Yeah, it's, it's back to your turn. Well, hey, good question, Spence. Congrats, Coach Jay and Jordan, for getting it right. Bryce and I overthought it, but what's new? 
We will see you Thursday night, 7 o'clock against Liberty, Saturday, 2 p.m. against Queens, and then watch the women down in Jacksonville and UNF Thursday and Saturday. It's been a lot of fun. Let's go get first place in the A-Sun. Until next time, go Owls.